Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. to another edition of the Fantasy Authority Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Steele. Joined once again, by always, the hashtag HedgeLife, Cody Kutzer. You can yeah. find him on Twitter at CKutzerFF. And yeah. we are joined once again by another special guest uh, today. Excuse me, last week we had Jesse Reeves on from and uh, the, covering wide receivers. This week, we're going to hit up two positions, go through the quarterbacks and tight end position of this upcoming 2020 NFL Draft pre-combine. We have Zach Thomas on. Find him on Twitter at NFL underscore Zach. He is the head scout for the Dynasty Draft Room and writer for Gridiron Experts and the Viking Age. How's it going today, Zach? It's going good, man. Happy to be on. Um, I'm always excited to be able to talk some uh, some draft prospects, so excited to get into it. No, for sure, yeah. Uh, the, the most exciting positions, too, the quarterback and tight ends, right? Uh, quarterback, for sure. I don't, know. I don't know about tight end, but <laughs> we'll talk about these guys. Yeah, the tight end position is always like the redheaded stepchild of everything, right? No one yeah, really... For sure. <laughs> yeah, whether it's in fantasy or don't tell, uh, don't tell that, though. it's always a purgatory. Anyways, so yeah, happy to be back again for another show. You can find us on Twitter at FF underscore authority. And you can also find our YouTube channel, which uh, this will be straight, we're, we're streaming to right now. Find it, the Fantasy Authority on there. Be sure to subscribe, uh, hit that like button. Uh, really helps us out in uh, ranking with Google, or with, with YouTube and everything else. So anyways, kind of jump right into things here. So I, I know, Zach, that you are working on, or you do a draft guide every year, which I don't know how you do that. It's enough work doing everything else with so that much respect to that what has been your biggest takeaway throughout building the draft guide this, so far yeah man this is actually my first year doing it for the uh, for the last couple of years I've, I've kind of been pondering the thought like you know am i gonna have enough time you know do i have you know can i dedicate that much 
time to watch on tape because I try to put at least four games of film on each prospect that I write uh, that I that I scout. So um, I got about 200 in there, uh, 200 prospects going into this guy. I'm, I'm hoping for a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I mean, my biggest takeaway is is don't get over excited for every single one of these prospects. They're not all fantastic. They're all not. They're all not great. They all have really good, intriguing qualities that you got to kind of. Pick and choose, you know, where they're going to end up. I think this year, what I what I did a little bit better was trying to put them into an NFL system and trying to figure out where they're going to be at the, you know, have their have their best potential at in, in a certain offense or or you know a, a certain defensive scheme, you know, stuff like that. So, um, kind of trying to figure that out is, is a good way to figure out how you're going to how those prospects are going to prosper better at the next level. I think uh, I thought you did the draft guide last year because I remember we were talking at one point and you said you were you had like a, you do like your own like grading scale for all these prospects. So I think that's where I got that mixed up. Has anything changed from, you know, when you started doing that last year to anything this year? Like, is there anything that you have weighted more or less, anything you've added, anything you've subtracted like that? Yeah, I used to wait. You know, I didn't want to say I waited a lot of the combine, but I definitely took a lot of the weight off of the combine. I don't want to say a lot, but like specific things, you know, for you know, for instance, when I when I scout offensive linemen, I do get like a better sense of you know how athletic, how powerful, how strong you are on on film. You know, when when I go into into the combine, really what I want to see is your medicals. What I want to see is your is your size. You know, how big your your wingspan is. You know, your arm size, like all that. So I, I get a feel for you know where I could place you. Because if you're if you're not, if you're a tackle in in college, it doesn't doesn't mean you're going to be a tackle in the NFL. I can tell you that right now. Happen, happens with a lot of guys. You know, guys that struggle with length, they're they're getting to the outside. They'll they'll move move inside to, to kind of mask those those uh, inabilities that they got there with their length. So I, I took a little bit of weight off the combine. Kind of kind of didn't. I, I, I've, I've chosen like certain questions on specific guys and and, and put them in, in a category of okay, this is what I need to find at the combine. So I, I, that's kind of one thing that I that I've taken off a little bit. Um, I, I definitely add like so so I, I have specific traits that I kind of break down and I've added a few and subtracted a few. Some that I don't think that matter. Some that I do think matter that you know need to get a little bit more of a bump. Every year, man, it's it's changing and getting better and and, and trying to. You know, find that you know, fine tuning and all this, all these little things that that you know make us all better. At the you know, year after year. Are you a big hand size guy? Is that a, a big uh, thing for you? <laughs> no, not necessarily. Actually, I mean, when it comes to wide receivers, I definitely look at it. When it when it comes to quarterbacks, I definitely look at it. Uh, but anything else, it, it, honestly, you know, that's not something I, I put to every type of prospect i mean it, you know different size means different things for different prospects so it, if you can catch the ball well and you got you got you know nine and three quarter inch hands uh, that's fine you know what they say about got big hands right so i mean it, I'm just, it was, i think right yeah yeah so i'm saying but uh, I, I know a few years ago it was uh, a big deal yeah big hot debate on hand size twitter so yeah who's the I, small the small handed quarterback i forget that you know they were saying he fumbles all the time. He's got to have small hands. I forget who it was, but there was there was someone that was it was, was just it big one. Was it golf? It might have been. That's that sounds, that sounds that more right. It wasn't too long about? ago. Yeah, it wasn't too long ago, so it might have been him. That's what I was trying to think of because everyone's making the big deal about like, well, hopefully he doesn't go anywhere on the East Coast and he doesn't have to play in this cold weather and the rain and everything because he's going to be screwed. Total bust right off the bat. I know, right? I mean, that's uh, that's what it's about. Screw everything else. What's your hand size, bud? You know. <laughs> Before we get any further, let me see them hands. So, I don't know. Anyways, uh, well, again, much respect to you for uh, for doing that because uh, 
the NFL draft guides. I couldn't even. So do you do, is it just like, you know, for like fantasy purposes where it's like quarterback, you know, through tight end, or do you do defense, offensive line, the whole thing? I do the whole thing, man. I, uh, I've actually, you know, I, I'm big in the fantasy and, you know, right for the gridiron experts, you know, do a lot of fantasy stuff for them, obviously. But, um, I mean, my niche, the thing that I love to do is, is write NFL draft content, do, you know, studying these prospects, you know, coming into the draft. Like once the draft's over, I'll start looking at 2021 guys. So, um, I'm all about, you know, these up- upcoming college prospects and, and checking them out and making sure I, you know, get ahead up on these guys. I mean, it helps for fantasy purposes, but it, it, I think it helps more for like these NFL guys, you know, want to really dig into, you know, the full aspect, the full realm of of uh, what the NFL is all about. What's your uh, what's your favorite position to to scout, Zach? Um, on offense, it's definitely the wide receiver position. I played that in high school, so I, I, I kind of know the most about it. I'd say um, on defense, I love to scout edge rushers. It's probably my favorite overall would be edge rushers. Um, I was too small to be an edge rusher, so I didn't, I didn't do that. So I, I got to learn. You know the, the different techniques of, of being an edge rusher. Uh, you know different types of edge rushers. Guys that play inside, guys that play outside. Different techniques, all that fun stuff. So um, it's fun watching these guys. Whether they you know can bend the edge on the outside, or they can just swim move on the inside and, and beach in a variety of different ways. So it's it's that's probably the most fun uh, position for me to watch. Well, I think what everybody probably really wants to know though is, do you scout kickers and punters? Is that something <laughs> long snappers? No, man. No, that's that's not it. <laughs> I do. I do scout. I should start scouting, scouting punters. See, see how well they can uh, hit that kick inside the twenty. Yeah, that coffin corner kick life. Yeah, I mean Pat McAfee. Maybe next said. year. Next year. Maybe next year. <laughs> Don't tell Pat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Uh, and when is it coming out so people can buy it? Yeah, man. It's you can purchase it uh, right now uh, for nine ninety nine. If you uh, if you use the promo code NFL draft, you get ten uh, percent off right now. So for you math whizzes, that's eight ninety nine. It's going to be dropping on March 13th. That's the set goal date. I'll be honest, I keep looking at the date, and I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> I'm, I'm close to 200, so I, I'm for sure hitting 200. But, man, I got, I got 257 playing. I know I'm probably not going to hit that number, though, for sure, because it's a lot of guys to get to. I mean, it's, it's all I do. There's not even TV to watch no more. It's just tape. So um, that's going to be dropping March 13th. Uh, that's, a, that's a Friday, Friday 13th. I felt like it's a, it's a good day for that to drop uh, a couple weeks after the combine and whatnot. Um but yeah, you can go to uh, dynastydraftroom.com slash NFL Draft Guide. Um, like I said, you can purchase that now, pre-order it, and uh, you'll be able to download it in a PDF form on March 13th. So sling that, uh, that sling of them draft guides. So make sure everyone goes out and picks one of those up. So I'm sure it'll be excellent stuff. Let's go ahead and just jump right into some of these some of these players. Uh, you know, we're going to start with the quarterback position and uh, just kind of uh, talk our way through this a little bit. Um, as we kind of talked about pre-show, there's, there seems to be a ton of teams right now that are in the market or could be in the market for a quarterback, depending on, you know, what happens with Tom Brady and the Patriots or Jameis Winston and the Bucks, you know, and some of these other guys. But so, you know, right now, I guess, is just kind of an overall view right uh just kind of off the top do you think there's how many quarterbacks do you think are going to go in the first round do you think it's going to be the three burrow Tua, and justin herbert or could be somebody else sneak in that we're not really expecting yeah i think the over under right now is is at four and a half um i honestly think it's gonna be four and i think it's gonna be they're they're all gonna be in like right around that top 10 range as well i think you obviously have burrow going one i think you could see Tua going top five Herbert's going to be right around that top five. And I think you could see Love maybe even sneak inside the top five, to, or sorry, the top 10, um, just because I think people are going to like his, the teams are going to like his traits alone. Um, I would say, I would say if you're going to, if you're going to be betting on that, I'd take the under, I'd take the four. 
Um, but man, I mean, Jacob Eason could sneak in there with, with Tampa Bay, you know, sounds like, sounds like Tampa really loves him and, and his, his deep ball throwing. Um, I don't want to say like Jake Fromm is going to make it in the mix there. I don't want to say Jalen Hurts is going to make it in the mix there because, you know, I, I, as much as I do like Jake Fromm, I think I'm higher on him than the consensus. Um, and I, I'm definitely not a Jalen Hurts fan. I would like to see them go a little bit later and and uh, and see some teams take a little bit more value before they take someone like 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 a Fromm or Hurts. Now the important question is: Are you uh, you team Tua or are you team uh, Joe? Where, where do you land uh, on that? Yeah, I'll pull, up, I'll pull up my grades right now. Um, they both uh, they both got uh, early first round grades for me. The both they're both about a qu- uh, half a point off, honestly. So they're close together. Uh, but I gave I gave the edge to Burrow. Now with uh, you, we can obviously apply this uh, across the board, but specifically since we're talking about quarterbacks right now, how do you how do you handle and how do you evaluate? Um, the one-year production guys like a Joe Burrow, um, obviously transferred from Ohio State, was you know second, third on that depth chart, and then he comes out and like literally has a, a historic year. Do you just trust what you see in that in that one year and just go off of that, or like do you you know what I mean do you kind of maybe not knock a guy, but are you more hesitant on a on a one-year producer like that? I wouldn't say I'm hesitant on him at all. I would say it does go in as a red flag for me. Um, it's something I do look at. You know, I look at the background and, and kind of try to figure out why what's what, what's going on. Why were you not, you know, a, a consistent starter throughout your career? Why weren't you, you know, putting on more production? So it's definitely something that clicks in my head, like, you know, what the heck's going on here? Uh, but I'll be honest with you. I turned to the film of Joe Burrow last year when I was doing my offseason scouting of him. And uh, he ended up as my quarterback six, so it's not like he wasn't like too far down the board. Um, I can tell you what it was exactly. I think with like uh, Tua Herbert, I think Fromm was up there. Easton was up there as well. So um, Burrow still landed amongst those guys that were talked about earlier on in the season and, and who are at the top of the boards right now. But I mean, the meteoric rise of this dude just he skyrocketed up draft boards for sure. Um, but I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, you look at a guy like. Even like a Henry Ruggs, he never topped 750 receiving yards in his, in his career at Alabama. You know, I get that he had a lot of people around him, but you know, the point is like he's not putting up tremendous numbers. But we're all talking about him like a top tier wide receiver, right? Um, so I think that's how, how you kind of got to look at Burrow too. You look at what he did last year. I think there was a lot of traits that you can like with him. I think he has a good head on his shoulders. You know, you see the pocket presence this year with him. I mean, he just has the traits that you can't necessarily teach. You know, the the mental makeup, the mental aspect of the game. You know, being able to process. You know, all these different, you know, blitzes that are coming at him, the different looks defenses are giving him, you know, the ability to look off, you know, linebackers over the middle of the field and, and the, the ability to shade a safety to one side of the field or not. I mean, that's tough to teach, and he already has that in his arsenal. So I think you, know, you, you see that. You saw it last year. You see a whole lot of it this year with a much better offensive scheme. He's going to have an NFL scheme next year, obviously. You know, I mean, it's Zach Taylor and the Bengals, so – kind of question the scheme in general, but um, I think it's definitely something he could succeed in. And that's why he's my quarterback one. So you're not, you're not of a belief like all the national media is right now that, uh, that he should pull an Eli and not go to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You do what you do to, you can do what you gotta do to, to succeed in the NFL. Right. I mean, if, if he thinks that's the best way to go, go for it, I guess. I don't really care. You know, I, I just want to see you out there on the field. I think it's, it's in his best interest to not, act like a drama queen right away, but, uh, and just go to the Bengals and, and, and play some ball. But I don't, I don't know, do what you got to do. He's a good ball player. 
Yeah, I mean, he's a he's an Ohio kid. I mean, you look at Cincinnati, I mean, they're not a terrible situation to go into. I mean, they have some weapons, depending on what they do with A.J. Green. They still have Tyler Boyd. Their offensive line, once they get um, – his name escaped me. The left tackle that got hurt that they drafted last year. Yeah. 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 So once you get him back, Joe Mixon. I mean, they have the they have some weapons, so it's not a terrible situation. It's not like a, you know, he's entering some situation where they have absolutely nobody, like the Redskins and you know what Dwayne Haskins had to walk into kind of last year. Um, so I don't know. Like I, I think it's kind of ridiculous that that's uh, some of the national media is trying to make it into like Cincinnati is this terrible uh, landing spot for a quarterback. I mean, so. Yeah, I mean- I don't think you got to worry about the offense as much as you got to worry about that that defense. It's terrible over there. Um, I mean, personally, you know, me, I'm not, I'm not dipping out and pulling Eli. You know, if I'm Joe Burrow, I'm saying, you, know, you were a, you were a kid that was maybe a, you know, fourth, fifth round pick coming into the end of the end of the season this year. Now you're a first overall pick. Take that money, play for that team, and try to build it into something. Yeah, especially. I mean, he's a Ohio kid, right? Uh, he's from Ohio and everything else. So yeah, he's from yeah. Athens. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was ridiculous, but. Um, it, it is ridiculous. The national media do anything to to be up in the off season. We gotta get uh, gotta get Auden Tate going. That that's what I'm here for. Yeah, he's another guy that was hyped up when he was coming to uh, the season. He was coming into his final season and kind of took a dud. He's a good player though. Yeah, it felt felt nice seeing him give us some fantasy worthy weeks. Dude, I was so high on guys like him and uh, Alan Lazard coming out. So feels nice to kind of take that L away for the time being at least that <laughs> that did not look good for a while yeah when you hit on guys like that it's it's definitely a good look Cincinnati always holds a special place in my heart Jeremy Hill pulling out pulling out son like that's a Jeremy Hill time but anyways uh you had you know, one good year excuse you yeah he he's a Super Bowl <laughs> champion okay remember he has a ring not not many not many guys can say that but uh <laughs> Zach in case you weren't aware there's a uh there's a quota that Kev has to meet every every show for at least mentioning that once. So hopefully we don't have to hear it again. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. He is cool, so we're good. I, I, I'm saving the Josh Gordon one too, so we haven't got to that part yet. So you know, with with Burrow, uh, he is somebody as well who what has rushed for over almost but each of the last two years he had 400 yards rushing and 12 touchdowns. Is that something that you think as well is that, that he can make it to a big part of his game? Not necessarily, obviously not anywhere in the same stratosphere as like a Lamar Jackson, but maybe something that we see similar to like a Josh Allen. You know, I wouldn't say it's quite to the Josh Allen level. I think he, I think Josh Allen's more of a, you know, tucking and running, tucking and run kind of player. I think Joe Burrow's more of that. I'll tuck it and run it. If I absolutely have to type of guy, you know what I mean? Like, you know, Allen's more like, okay, first stream out there, second read, out there and go, maybe even first read, go type of, type of thing, where Burrow will scan the entire field. I mean, he'll he'll go until he feels that pocket start collapsing. That's one thing that I really like about him is his, his feel in the pocket. Um, so I, I think he's good for probably about 250 to 300 yards a year. Um, maybe with a couple touchdowns here and there because, like I said, man, he's, just, he's got a head on his shoulders that he can just sense pressure, uh, roll out, scramble, do what he needs to do and, and pick up uh, – you know, chunky yards if he has to. I, you know, I'm not. I, 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 like I said, I wouldn't put him in that Josh Allen category, but I, I would say it's it's a good it's a good comparison to uh, to the running ability ability at least. All right. The other one would be Tua. Obviously, there's obviously the concern with injuries, right? He hasn't been able to stay healthy. Now he has this this hip injury. Uh, we don't know a ton about it uh, where he's at with it, but obviously, I think whoever drafts him would probably be better suited to have him sit out the entire year. Uh, of 2020 and then you know kind of as a bridge year to get them ready but are you concerned 
or do you think teams are going to how heavily do you think teams are going to weigh that into their their process of of looking at him because you know I, there's starting to be rumors with Justin Herbert that a lot of teams are becoming enamored with him because of his ability and some of the things he's been able to do even though he hasn't really taken that that next step um, th- that people were expecting from him where people were talking about him as like the next you know big co- a big quarterback prospect and he kind of has fallen off but with Tua how, how concerned are you with his injury history? Yeah, man. First of all, the thing about Herbert is is we we know who Herbert is. He's been you know playing for the last four years and putting up this you know decent numbers. I mean, I feel like people were, were expecting him to put up you know four or five thousand yards like like Burrow's doing, and he's not because that's not the type of player he is. So it, it looks disappointing because he's kind of staying stagnant, you know. But I, Herbert's a decent prospect, and and if you like two or Herbert more than Tua, mainly because of the injuries. Uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and argue with you because, yeah, these lower body body injuries, I mean, he had an ankle injury, obviously the big dislocated hip. I think he had surgery on both ankles, if I remember correctly. Um, don't quote me on that, but I know it's at least one. I, I think it was both. But, um, I mean, the kid's an amazing player, but I definitely have huge red flags when it comes to his medicals. And I'll tell you the one big thing is when he walks into that, into the combine, if he does not clear medicals, I mean, he might not even be a first-rounder, man. But, but the, the signs point to him starting to be pretty healthy and looking to maybe be able to throw on his pro day. Yeah, it's just been a shame with him because, I mean, when he popped onto the scene uh, in the national, what was it, the national title game a few years ago and kind yeah, of took everything, yeah, it took everything by storm. But, I mean, that's been, really been his only problem because, I mean, I, I feel like if he hasn't had all these injuries, we could be talking about him as being the number one overall pick and not Joe Burrow. But, you know, this is kind of what happens uh, every year. At the start of every season, there's those the, the the preseason darlings, and then somebody comes out of nowhere and yanks the rug out from under them. But um, with Tua, do you feel like that? Uh, uh, how if he were to end up with a, with the Dolphins, is is do you think that's a good fit for him somewhere, uh, or is there another team that you think would be a, a better landing spot for him? Yeah, I mean, uh, with the humidity down there, that might be bad for that hip. Start start tightening up down there. Uh, <laughs> no, I, th- I think uh, I think being in Miami is a good fit for him. I mean. You get a city year. I mean, I would suspect that you city year if you're Tua. Um, but it sounds like, I mean, he might be ready to go at the start of the season. I mean, that just seems crazy to me. But from everything I heard, I mean, things are pointing so far up that, yeah, I mean, he could be ready at the start of the season. I, I don't think you should do that. I would love him with the Chargers. I mean, be able to sit behind a guy like Tyrod Taylor who has good experience. I know he hasn't been, like, overly successful last time. He was, you know, he brought the Bills to the playoffs, and then he went to the Browns and got, you know, beat up by Baker at the third or fourth game of the year. So, I mean, if they stick with Tyrod, I think, you know, you could give Tua, you know, at least half the season, if not a full season, to just kind of sit and get healthy, get acclimated to the NFL. Um, but, yeah, I, I would not mind him in, my, in Miami. I would not mind him in, in, in uh, Los Angeles. Um, man, it's just he could go anywhere right now, anywhere from three to Detroit to, you know, to Miami to Carolina. Chargers, I mean, just anywhere right inside that top 10 there. So it's tough to really predict where he's going to go. Yeah, I think the the draft capital is going to tell us all we need to know about about his injury and how teams are feeling about him. Because then even if he does go super early, like there's eventually going to be a report that comes out that's like, uh, that team was crazy because, you know, we, we weren't going to touch him because of his hip. So, like, we'll, we'll get to kind of see all how all that plays out here in, a, in what, two months now. It's awesome. Dude, I can't wait for the draft. Dude, I can't wait either. I'll be down in Vegas for that. Oh my god, dude! I, I would not. I would not survive. Just for the record, that is. I, I would. I would not come back. <laughs> this might be my last time on the podcast. Do you have um? 
is it Herbert easily three for you there, or do you do you have somebody else who's who's sneaking up? Because I feel like for for most people, the top three is kind of cemented, and then after that is where it kind of you know can get get a little screwy with you know people kind of flipping their rankings around. Is it is it easily uh, Herbert there three for you? Yeah, I don't know if I'd say it's easily, and this is what I mean. Like I got I got from just behind him. Like he graded out of my scale very closely to Herbert. I, I personally like in my mind, I'm like. Man, Herbert's going to grade out better, but the head on Fromm, it just it, it skyrocketed his grade for me. I think he's going to be one of those, you know, good game energy type of quarterbacks that can, you know, work the field well, you know, put passes where he needs to put them, you know, not be this deep down the field type of passer, but, you know, someone that can, can you know, work an offense to, to the likings of the offensive coordinator, you know. So um, I do have Fromm fairly close to, to Herbert. Um, but I do have Herbert solidified as that number three. I think you, you're. I think you're contractually obligated to say Jake, Jake from State Farm, isn't that? Isn't that kind of? Is that what Jake it is? from State Farm? Yeah. Jake, Jake from State Farm. Yeah. I thought that was it. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Jeremy Hill, Super Bowl champ. So I mean, what is the what is it about like a guy like Jordan Love? Because I mean, when I sit there and look at him, and you start looking at, I mean, if you just Again, this is kind of one of those conversations we we have with some of the other positions where guys don't have those eye popping stats to really jump out at you. Somebody like Jordan Love, um, you know, I, even I, I what I believe he had what is he the yeah I think he had yeah seventeen interceptions last year twenty almost had more interceptions than touchdowns is that I believe that's correct. But uh, yeah, yeah, twenty touchdowns, seventeen picks. It's not a good ratio. No, I think that is, uh, you know, uh, Jameis Winston is flexing on him right now with, with that kind of, with those kind of numbers. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, what about him? Do you think the teams are are uh, are going to like about him? Um, I mean, the the guy has some some pretty clean <clears throat> clean mechanics. Uh, when I look at him, I, I I would say he's more accurate than than what those stats would say. I would say that he, he dealt with in 2017. You know, he wasn't the starter for the for the whole year, but. Um, I, w- I would say Utah State doesn't have the, the best weapons to be catching the ball. I mean, last year he, he had 64% completion percentage. This year it dropped down to 62. Um, similar amount of yards, but it just had a, had a heck of a year last year with 32 touchdowns and six picks. It's kind of it, – it is something I do question if he has, you know, that, that good noggin on his shoulders, that good, that good uh, ability to make these right decisions, not force these passes, and not try to be that gunslinging deep ball guy because he does have a good arm on him. Uh, but man, like, just hone that in a little bit. Like, put it where it needs to go. Like, check it out if you got it. I feel like he was just trying to. He was like, all right, I had into the, into the draft this year. I gotta put up some big numbers. You know, I gotta, I gotta show up because there's guys like Burrow that are showing out right now. There's guys like Tua and, and, and Herbert who are, who are all top flight guys, and I gotta be that top flight guy. Uh, I think it kind of bit him in the ass, but um, I, you know, taking to go from six six interceptions to seventeen, definitely something that that kind of you know shoots that red flag up. Like, all right, what happened, man? And and I'll tell you what, like, they just did not have uh, the weapons that they had last year. Is that you know is it something to be concerned about? Yeah, I think I think you got to be a little bit more consistent about your decision making. You know, you got to be more consistent. You know, anticipating throws. You got to tone down these mistakes because they're not going to allow you to last in the NFL throwing like that. You have a. Uh a spot or a, a scheme fit for him anywhere you'd like to see him land? You know, I, I don't have one that I'm like really dead set on. I honestly think he could probably fit in any type of scheme, whether you want him to be that vertical passing spread offense, or if you want to be that guy that can kind of, you know, work the field and, and be that game managing type of quarterback with the ability to kind of escape and run and, 
and make plays on his own. I personally like him with the Colts, you know, Frank Reich and 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 being in an offense like that. I feel like that's kind of you know the 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 favorite pick is for him to land in India. I think they pick at like 13 or something like that. I, I think that's the spot to go. I don't want to see him go to go to uh, Tampa where, you know, he, he's got to be just this like alpha gunslinger because I don't really think that's what he's all about. But I do think if you get him in, 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 in Indianapolis, get some more weapons around him, build him up with like a guy like T.Y. and Parrish Campbell and Marlon Mack, you know, get a few more weapons. And, you know, Eric Ebron, he's got a good offensive line. I think that could be a good spot where maybe he sits behind Brissett for, for half a season and he comes in and, and starts showing out and gets acclimated to the NFL level because I'll tell you what, you're not playing, you know, tremendous teams if you're playing, you know, in Utah State. I know they play teams like LSU this year and whatnot, but um, they definitely did not play NFL-level competition all year round. Whenever you're of not necessarily evaluating, but kind of just looking at at this this these guys as a whole, especially like a guy like Burrow, and you know something could be said about the just ridiculous talent that they had surrounding them. Namely, I mean, like a Joe Burrow who had Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and Hilaire, Moss. Thaddeus Moss, and you know just the ridiculous amount of talent that they had. Do you, how much does that factor in at all to you that? you know, how ridiculous of a season. Because if you look at it as 2018 to 2019, it's like night and day difference. It's like a switch flipped on with him. You know, with having this amount of talent surrounding him, is some of this, are, are we being, is, is are we going to get got and, and find out if he goes to a situation where it's not as, as um, based off the fact that he had, you know, some of the best talents you could ever ask for, you know, surrounding him? Well, I mean, let me ask you this. It, it, where were those guys last year as well? Because, I mean, I, I don't see them putting up, you know, these Gotti numbers that they put up this year. You know, and I'm not saying they're bad players or nothing. I'm not saying, like, Burrow made these guys. But I think, you know, one scheme fit really helped, helped him. And Joe Brady, like, just basically, you know, really made this offense and, and put Barona and gave him a chance to succeed and, and really develop as a really good, you know, passing quarterback, you know. And then they, they, they put Justin Jefferson more on the inside, made him run a little bit more slot, and, and Jamar Chase – developed really fast and, and developed as as their lead receiver on the outside. So um, I think Joe Brady was a, was a big thing, uh, a big reason why that they had so much success, that, that Joe Burrow took that next step and, and elevated all the guys that are around him. I mean, they're all very talented guys. Uh, but I think you can look at Joe Burrow specifically and say, all right, he took these guys, showed them, showed the NFL teams, these guys have NFL talent where – you know, two has stepped into a team that had Devonta Smith, that had, you know, uh, I don't know if Henry Ruggs was a big part of the offense in 2017, but had Jerry Judy, had these guys that, you know, they're, they're candidates for the Bolitnikoff every single year. I mean, they're top leading candidates. So um, I would give Joe more of the credit to elevating his guys where I think Tua kind of is that guy that already had these guys that were elevated where they could have elevated Tua's game a little bit more. And not, not to take anything away from Tua, because Tua's a hell of a prospect. Uh, but I, I think he just stepped into a, a more forgiving uh, environment than Burrow did. Yeah, like, I like that I like that point you made about the the stats from last year. I think that's something that, that's that's simple and easy to to look at. You know what I mean? It doesn't take uh, – you know, like if you're, trying to, if you're trying to wade between and through all these guys, you know what I mean? That, like that's something easy you can – you can look at and try and try and figure that kind of stuff out. How do you feel yeah. about um, about Jalen Hurts? He's someone who who I'm kind of intrigued by. Obviously, I think he he he's going to be very scheme specific. Probably not. If if you look at how he how he produced from his time in Alabama to obviously last year with Oklahoma, I mean he had he threw 
340 pass attempts this uh, this year. 2016 with Bama, he threw 382. So he had 40 fewer pass attempts, and he had almost 1,100 more yards. And then you add on his rushing, rushing production. I think he had like 20 rushing touchdowns or something absurd like that as well. Um, led the NCAA in yards per pass attempt in 2019 as well. Um, is he someone that you have hopes for at all in a, in an NFL system or is he someone who you think was just, you know, a, a product of the system in Oklahoma that's just produced Heisman winner after Heisman winner for the past three, four years? Yeah, I was hoping you'd bring him up because, man, I know a lot of people, you know, some some respected people, you know, in my mind, really like Jalen Hurts. You know, have him, him is cemented inside their top five. You know, some even in, inside their top three, like they got him as their three. I don't see it, man. I don't see it. He's he's a product of, of uh, Lincoln Riley, you know, this, this offense in Oklahoma. He's such a good runner. I mean, that dude has running back traits. And I'm not saying he's going to be a running back in the NFL – you know, we heard that with Lamar Jackson, so I'm not going to, you know, go back to that and beat that drum to death. But he's not an NFL quarterback, not like an elite NFL quarterback, not like a – not like a. Uh, he's not even on Jake Fromm's level, man. I just don't see it. I don't think he processes very well. I think he's very slow going from read to read. He'll get locked onto one guy. He'll force a ball into a bad spot. I hate the way he throws his receivers into oncoming traffic and just basically sets them up to just get murdered in the open field. Jaden Hazelwood is, is still lucky to be playing football, and he was a freshman last year because the amount of times that he just could, would get smoked over the middle of the field. Like, I, I just could not stand it. It, it, it. Being a former wide receiver, I, I mean, I felt it. Every single one of those hits that I watched, I'm like, damn, man, like, put in a spot where, like, he, he's safe. Like, he's <laughs> not trying to kill you guys. Um, I'm not saying he has, like, the worst mechanics ever, but they're just not great. Um, he struggles throwing off an adjusted platform, and he's going to have to do that a lot. Being a being a guy who who, is go, who struggles to go from read to read, that has a slow processor, so he's going to be have to be able to throw on the run, have to be able to throw off his back foot at time from time to time. And I just don't see it from him. I think he struggles a lot. Um, sell the, he'll sell the ball high quite often. He'll he'll be a guy who talks in the runs and, and gets skittish in the pocket. Um, not great arm strength, but it's not terrible. Um, and like I said, he'll sell a lot of balls, so I do think he struggles with, with accuracy and, um, and and confidence in, in, in his arm as an overall whole. With him, I, I could see, you know, because NFL is such a copycat league, teams taking him and trying to do a lot of similar things that we've seen them do with Lamar Jackson. I know with uh, Jalen Hurts, I believe I saw it as at, you know in Alabama, where Alabama kind of does the combine there for their for their players, and said that he ran a four four five or something like that. So I don't know. Like I, I feel like that that is a, where I could see. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up going in the first round and like late first, something like that, where a team just falls in love with his speed and wants to try to do something like that, or a team trades up to grab him. Um, and, and tries to do things that we've saw with Lamar Jackson. With this being said, like I said, this league is such a copycat league. And, you know, teams are seeing the success that they've had with him and trying to, you know, mold him into the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm 100% him being against, uh, against him being like a first, second, man, even a third-round guy. Like, I draft him in the fourth personally. Um, but I do understand what you're saying, and I do 100% agree with you that I do think he will end up going earlier than I expect. Um and he'll be used probably similarly to how we see Lamar Jackson. I think that's going to be kind of that that similar comp that you see, you know, from time to time. You know, I personally won't have a comp on Jalen Hurts just because I think he's a very unique player, and and I don't think I can comp him to a specific uh, quarterback. Um, so, but I but I do agree with what you just said there for sure. 
do you have a, a guy who's kind of under the radar right now who it wouldn't surprise you to see jump up into like the, the second round, maybe even flirt with uh, the end of the first that, you know, might not be either talked about or talked about as much right now? Yeah, I got a, I got a couple guys that I, I don't know. Like, one guy I think will jump at either the end of the second or the, you know, early to mid third. And that's, uh, that's Anthony Gordon from, from Washington, Washington state. Um, uh, you know, kind of, kind of the same thing when you talked about um, um, Jalen Hurts uh, when you when you said that he's kind of a product of the system there, and I think the same could be said for Anthony Gordon because you kind of saw um, Baron Minshew just Minshew kind of maybe yeah, he was a college too his last year. Um, Anthony Gordon steps in first year and does the same thing. Um, I do see you know some things that I like from him. He can he can throw from an adjusted platform. He can throw uh, you know change his arm angle and and avoid you know hands that are in his face and whatnot. So there are things that I do like, but there's a lot of things that he's got to work on. But I can see the uh, NFL team thinking like, okay, I can. There's something I can work with here. I can develop this guy. Um, but another guy, and people are gonna hate it, uh, but I can see him being like a late third, early fourth. This is a guy I can develop. He's shown plenty of flashes. And I'll be honest with you, I finished his tape yesterday, and I kind of agree with it. Um, I would personally want to take him, you know, early six, late to mid fifth. Uh, but that's Jay Patterson out of Michigan, and I, the, the, I hate to say it, but, man, he's not terrible. Um, he does need to get better, you know, and making decisions. He's got to get a little less cocky with that arm. He needs to be better at process, going from read to read a lot quicker than he does. Stop getting locked down. Stop throwing into pressure. That's tough to teach. But, you know, with a guy that was a, I think was a former five-star prospect and someone that was really thought of extremely high, high extremely high of, um, I, I think there's something you can mold there. I mean, he's definitely got a lot of traits that you, that you like. I think he can, you know, move fairly well in the pocket. He can get out and scramble and, and, and make something of some runs. I, I think he's got decent athleticism and whatnot. But I could see him jumping up and going a lot higher than people – people want him to but and so the team might be fans are going to be like oh why, why did you jump up so i to take him there's something you can mold man and if there's a quarterback that you, you could try to mold you're going to take him earlier than you expect as a penn state fan i would love for shay patterson just to be the all-time michigan quarterback oh. just <laughs> stay there forever oh yeah yeah you want him to go back yeah just One make 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 an exemption for him and you know just, just let him be the the quarterback in michigan for for the next, you know, let, let him do another, serve another term in office, so to speak. Yeah, because you guys can just beat up on him all year. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. You, uh, would have to come back, though, so that he could beat the crap out of him, too. Did he get like two or three sacks against Michigan this year? I forget. I was watching that game, and I want to say Uter, Gross Matos, and Shaka Tony, they all just dominated that Michigan front and just made Chase life a living hell. Yeah, yeah, that was, they were, they were fun. A fun defense to watch this year, yeah, for sure. So let's put a uh, let's put a a dynasty twist on this. Um, obviously, in superflex formats, these guys are going to go a lot earlier. When do you see, or when would you be pulling the trigger in a one quarterback league? I mean, I guess kind of just kind of in general, what you're you know how you generally approach one quarterback leagues and rookie drafts, um, but then just with this class specifically, when when would you be Looking to take a uh, to take a quarterback off the off the board. Yeah, I like this quarterback class. You know, a little bit more than I would say last year's. You know, I wasn't a like a, a huge fan of Kyler Murray. Like, I wasn't taking these guys in the first round or nothing like that. I, you know, there's a lot of talent in this class. I just finished up, you know, a little rough draft of of uh, rookie rankings for me. 
I got Joe Burrow going at the beginning of the second. Uh, so I got him at 14. And I think that says something because of like the talent in this class, but that's just how I feel about Joe Burrow. And, and I'll tell you what, if, if two is medical is clear, I mean, I got him right in the middle of the second there too. So um, I definitely like those top two quarterbacks. After that, kind of things drop off, you'd probably see like Herbert go mid third. Um, you'll probably have one quarterback league. You'll probably see a lot of quarterbacks that I kind of like go undrafted, to be honest with you. I mean, that's just how it goes too with one quarterback leagues. You can't really take a, take a risk on some of these later guys like a, like a Jacob Eason or, yeah, I mean, if he lands a good spot, if he lands in Tampa, I mean, Winston could be gone and Eason might be the quarterback uh, there. So, I mean, he's someone that might jump up my board there too, but um, yeah, it's tough to, it's tough to really weigh out the options here with, uh, depending on landing spot for sure. I mean, these guys are going to jump if they find a, uh, find a, uh, find a home to start right away. You know, if they have a inside track to starting soon, whether it's this year or next year, you know, you're definitely going to have them jump up boards a little bit. But right now, I mean, you're looking at mid-second, I'd say, you know, maybe mid-early early second for a guy like Joe Burrow. Yeah, that that, that makes sense. And we, we've talked about it the past couple of weeks, and that's just why you're not going to see me put, like, any any hard rankings because the the draft is going to change so much. Like, we see it every – like, we, we already touched on, you know, Odd and Tate and Alan Lazard. Those guys were, you know – late first round picks for me, I think whenever, you know, during their class and then the draft happens and all of a sudden uh, you're not even taking them in a, in a four round rookie draft. So. Yeah. It's funny. I was looking at, I was looking back at, at a few mock drafts we did pre-draft last year and then like the pre ADP last year. And then you look at how it all actually turned out and like, Whoa. whoa. <laughs> yeah. Dude it happens every year. Katie cannon. Was was another one for for me who I who I loved, and then I don't I don't even think he got drafted, or, or if he did, it was super late. And then he bounced around, and I don't, I don't even know if he even suited up for a regular season NFL game. Man, people were obsessed with Emmanuel Hall last year, and I think he was going like mid second or something like that, and went on draft, and I think he's with Washington now. Like that happens. Under the rule, we don't talk ill about former Missouri <laughs> players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw the hat side. No, it. yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what? We're about to talk about a Missouri player here in a minute, you know? So uh but yeah. No, we're not. I don't know. I'm gonna skip him actually. I, I just I can't pronounce his last name, so why would I even talk I about it? I don't either. That's Alberto. Like I'm not even gonna attempt that. I'm just Alberto. <laughs> oh it's 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 Oku Wavenam. Oh, hey, you're a better man than me. I'm just gonna I say Alberto. I, got down, no? <laughs> I was gonna say we need to get uh we just need to clip Travis May because it just rolls off his tongue, and every time we go to say his name, we just need to edit it and drop it into the podcast. So it's just going to be Kevin talking, and all of a sudden Travis May comes on and just says <laughs> Alberto's name. Then it goes back to back to Kevin talking. I think I say pretty good. I, I, I mean, me yeah, and Travis, good. we might have to have a uh, Albert Okawebanam off. <laughs> you might call me Pete. Never mind. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you want, we can we talk about like we can talk about middle line. I mean, you want to talk about Kale Garrett? What do you think about? Is, is he gonna get? You know, he's somebody that uh, was a preseason uh, SEC All American and then got hurt. So. Who are you talking about? Kale Garrett, what uh, linebacker for Mizzou? Oh, Mizzou. <laughs> I I have not watched him yet this year. Uh-huh. Should I? Should I yeah, be watching? Yeah, Kale Garrett. He came. Is he coming out this year? Or was he a senior? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. He's he was a senior. All right, man. Well, I'll add him to the list. You know who I'm really excited about for a linebacker? He was a former uh, defensive back. Is that Logan Wilson from Wyoming? Spent some time down at, down at the Senior Bowl and got some clips on him and dude looked good, so I flipped on the tape and he's solid, man. You might see him go 
uh, I don't want to say top 100, but you might get see him go close somewhere on there. Yeah. So, well, I, I guess we've I guess we've uh, ignored it enough. I guess we can go ahead and jump into the tight ends. You know, <laughs> oh, well, that's what everyone's yeah, here yeah. for, right? Everyone's here to hear yeah, the, the tight end take. Um, you know, most. I'll tell you right now, though. I'll tell you right now about this tight end class. It's tremendously, extremely deep, and average. Averagely deep, like it's just average and throughout the whole entire class. Like I honestly have some decent grades. I, like I, I don't want to say they're good grades, but decent grades, and they're all pretty similar throughout twelve tight ends I've scouted so far this year. Yeah, this is a this is a position group that I haven't gotten to yet. Um, mostly just because I yeah I I haven't heard the buzz, and so I just like haven't really felt like compelled to do so. Um, who who do you like out of this class? You're gonna have to you're gonna have to guide me through this. I I kind of did some just some basic stuff on you know what I mean to prepare for this podcast. But who who are the guys that you like? You you kind of mentioned they're all crammed together. Is there anybody that that stands out? Is there anybody that you're excited about at all? Um, as an NFL guy, I love Cole Komet. Um, I think he's probably got the most pure all around game for a tight end. Um, I think he runs. Yeah, I like Bryson Hopkins as a as a pure route runner, but I would put Cole Komet right there with him as, as a really solid route runner. Um, good stems to his route, uh, good agility, snaps off routes nicely. Um, he'll he'll catch the ball, you know, away from the frame, his frame, and, and really just pluck it out of the air. Strong hands, and I think he really really does well in the blocking game too. So I think he's going to be someone that sees the field on on all three downs. I don't think you're going to see him come off the field. I, I, he could be that tight end one for a team, you know. Uh, people are, like to comp him to, you know, going to New England and, and stepping in for that Gronk role. Personally, I, I, when I look at him, I, I see him as like a guy like, you know, you know, Vikings fan. I see him as a as a Kyle Rudolph. I, I wouldn't say he's like as, you know, he, he he's got the size, you know, six six two fifty eight. I wouldn't say he's as slow as Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> I think he's got a little bit more speed to him, um, but he's not like blazing fast. He's not going to be like a Hunter Bryant who. Fantasy players are going to love. I mean, there's going to be a lot of fantasy people that are like, okay, Hunter Bryant's my tight end one because he gets that, the Evan Ingram comp. He gets the, you know, the, the, he's the flexed out wide receiver that's labeled as a tight end, you know. But Cole, Cole commits my tight end one pretty easily, I'd say. Um, Hunter Bryant's a close second, but uh, Cole Komet, got he's got a little bit of a lead on him. Is that just coming from a, like from an NFL perspective for you zach just how you were talking about the the all-around game like would that would that be flip-flopped for for fantasy purposes or would you still have commit ahead you know that's a really good question because i don't grade for fantasy football purposes i I, I grade for nfl purposes so the fact that he's going to be on the field for all three downs you you know hunter bryant's going to probably not be on the field for for running downs unless they play spread offense and run the ball a little bit more. So he's going to be very scheme dependent. Where I think Cole Komet's going to be someone that can play in any type of offense and be that you know three down type of type of tight end. So I'll probably still keep Komet as my one. I felt like whenever I was watching Cole Komet that I was like I thought we had I had transported myself back to like the nineties and like uh, you know early two yeah, thousand. Yeah, it's fun to see. Yeah, I mean, do you think his ceiling could be Jason Witten? Or for me, like I felt like he's more of a Heath Miller type tight end, where I think that you know, in a certain system, I, I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that we see gets a thousand yards. I think he's more of a five, six hundred yard type guy, but could be heavily utilized inside the red zone because of his big frame, and you know, be able to utilize maybe get six to eight touchdowns, something like that. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think you kind of kind of nail it with, with with Heath Miller and, and Jason Wynn. I, I mean, I could see him beating either one of those guys, to be honest with you. I think he, you know, could be that you know six to eight hundred type yard type of guy with with you know eight nine touchdowns. Honestly, I, I, he's going to be someone that's going to be a, a menace in the red zone and, and be able to box guys out and go up and get the ball type of, type of tight end. So definitely like what he brings to the game for sure. With Hunter or with uh, Hunter Bryant, um, he is definitely is somebody who's got a profile to have much more speed than he does. Um, you look at his numbers. I mean, he is uh, smaller than most of these guys in his class. It sticks to two thirty nine. Had a twenty point nine percent dominator rating. Kind of flex on, on most of these guys with yards per reception at fifteen point nine yards per reception. Twenty point eight. Twenty point eight breakout age. Um, had twenty percent of the targets there, at Washington. But with him, he started. He sort of. Reminded me, at least just with watching the guy, kind of reminded me a little bit of it, more of Evan Ingram type. And I, I assume with what you're, you know, talking about with you know his inability to you know be a blocker and be utilized on all third down, that that's more or less what what his role will probably be in the NFL. Yeah, he's going to be that flex tight end, get him out, um, you know, in the middle of the field in the slot, and and kind of and kind of work that uh, work the zones and, and be able to you know catch the ball strong and, and run good routes and and really you know for a tight end run away from guys. I mean, he could be a, a guy that breaks a lot of angles uh, for defenders and, and uh, he's got a good catch radius. He's going to go up and get the ball. And, and uh, like I said, he has strong hands. He'll, he'll catch the ball through traffic and, and Evan Ingram is my comp for him. I'm guessing it's going to be a lot of comp. Uh, that's going to be the comp for a lot of guys. Um, so, I mean, personally, that's a, that's a good comp if you're going in the NFL and you're looking at a fantasy football, football guy. There is a, uh, there is an other H Bryant tight end who's coming out this year. Harrison. Uh, yeah, Harrison out of out of FAU. Um, just looking at some of his some of his numbers, man, like his his production numbers um, look really solid. Um, college Dominator rating of twenty six point two. Uh, he has the breakout age for a tight end at nineteen point four, which puts him in the ninety first per ninety uh, first percentile. Um, and he actually led his team this year in yards from scrimmage. With he had eighteen point seven percent of those, so like not even just the the receiving yards, like the yards from scrimmage in total. So, um, do you have any any feelings on him? How does he profile to you? Um, what's 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 he look like? Yeah, I got some feelings about you right now. You're talking about some analytics stuff, bringing in a film guy over here. Come on, you just had, I know you had Jesse Reeves on last week, but come on, man. <laughs> Oh, he rubbed off, and like I said, I I did not spend any time watching uh watching any of these guys, so I got to say something to sound smart. No, oh, I'm just I'm just messing with you. I I'll dig into analytics when I need to. Um, but you know, I, from what I've seen on, with him, I mean, he's he's smooth. He, he creates separation late. He's got subtle hands, you know, in hand fighting. Like you know, it's, it's that cheap little hand fighting. They they he doesn't get called in the NFL. Um, he does that really well, and he's he, he's like a nimble wide receiver out there. To be honest with you, and he's not a Let's say he's like a small dude out there. I mean, he's 6'4", 240. Um, and he, but he plays like he's he's got some nimble feet. He's not flustered by contact. He's not my top right tight end. He's not even in my top five. But I, I like what he brings to the game. Like I said, this this class is littered with average tight ends. And uh, he's he's one of them that I like, but I can't love because there's just stuff he doesn't do. He's, he's not very fast. He he needs space to work well. He's He's not gonna, you know, if he if he he can get jammed off uh, when he's in his two point stance and and really throws off the top end of his routes. I mean, there's there's stuff that I uh, that I don't like that kind of dips him down a little bit. But yeah, you put him over a thousand yards last year and seven touchdowns, not bad at all, man. Yeah, the way with the way you were just describing him, like that to me sounds like Evan Ingram as well. 
Like I've seen Evan Ingram get bullied off the line. He kind of needs that space to to really operate and get going. Sure, I would say I would say Harrison Bryant's a little bit more physical than than uh, Evan Ingram is. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I think he. I wouldn't say like he's good, like the Cole Komet like I just talked about. He's not like that type of physical, but he's not afraid of like getting into into some contact. You know, fighting for the ball and and uh, he's a good positional blocker too. He's he's a little bit better blocker than Evan Ingram is going to be. He, he's not going to like beat you with technique or nothing like that. But he will get his frame in front of you and, and try to beat you that way. So tell me about Alberto. Let's let's talk about him, right? Probably the best tight end in the class. Uh, he's going to crush the combine. You know, I mean, we, we, we headed, in, headed into last year. I mean, he was a guy that, or heading into the season, he was someone that people thought thought about as a late first, early second round pick. I know, but he fell like a brick, man. Like, he just, but the question is like, though, with that, so so with him. He he never has though. Like I mean, he hasn't really had you know a monster season. But with him, it's it's either been it's been injuries um, in his career, but also this year. I mean, Missouri's program took a face dive. I mean, they 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 were at five and one to start the year, and then just completely fell off a cliff, and just were absolutely horrendous the rest of the way, which is what caused Barry Odom to be fired. Thank God, and um, I was happy to see him go, and but. So with him, like I still feel like I mean he still has all the physical traits that we're, you're looking for. He has been able to stay healthy, which is obviously a problem. But um, you know he had an early breakout age uh, his freshman year, but he just never has put together a big season for him. I mean he's had his most receiving yards was four sixty. He did have eleven receiving touchdowns his freshman year as, as age nineteen season. I mean he's he's just never really had some big year where in terms of production wise. It's going to be interesting to see how he tests. But other than that, like w- 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 you don't seem like you like Alberto. What about his game that you don't that you're not a big fan of? Yeah, and talking with some guys, I mean, it, when, it's funny when you talk like film guys talk. Like we, you know, we'll get in a group chat on Twitter and I go back and forth, and we all we all grind film and whatnot. We all see, you know, this play maybe a little differently than that play. And, you know, we, we all go back and forth and talk about what we see and what we don't see and whatnot. And and to me, when I, when I look at Alberto, he's gonna struggle struggle to get on the field, man. He's gonna be that guy who's probably he might get drafted like third round or second round just based off of potential. You know, he, he's a high ceiling guy, but he's a very low floor guy to me too. Um, I think when you look at his blocking game, he's extremely off balance when he's engaged, uh, plays too far over his toes. I think he's an upright type of player that can get jammed at the line of scrimmage in his routes, gets his time and thrown off way too often for me to like him at all. Like when, when he's, when he's out there in a full time uh, position, I think he's got lazy footwork. I think he's more of like a statue, especially when he's blocking on the edge. Um, I don't think he really creates holes at all uh, for the running back. Um, so he's not going to find uh, playing time very often to me. He, he, my, my NFL outlook of him says, you know, it's Okawebanam projects currently as a second secondary flex tight end. We'll see the field in certain situations. I think it's going to be more of a red zone type of situations. He's going to be uh, not used heavily in, in blocking situations, but he's going to dominate in contested, contested catches and in the passing game. He has potential to be, uh, an eventual starter, uh, but right now a team is likely going, going to try to develop him and possibly he gets on the field in goal line passing situations. Uh, so I, I see him as a situational player right now, more of a flex tight end, get him out of blocking situations, um, allow him to succeed in those contested catch situations at the goal line, let him get those touchdowns, uh, but don't let him be on the field for, for the majority of the game. Okay, so Jimmy Graham is your comp. Okay, well, let's, move, let's move on to the next one. A 30, 33-year-old Jimmy Graham is my comp, yeah. 
<laughs> I, I hate to burst your bubble. <laughs> Jimmy no, I, Graham with no patella tendons. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. I'm I'm excited to see what he does in the combine. Uh, see how he comes so out. Give me one that I actually have. You know, uh, uh, questions on what I want to watch for him. Like I said earlier in the show, like what I, I'll write down questions. One of the questions is, you know, how is how is he going to score in the agility drills? Is is he going to be a guy that 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 runs them fairly well? Is he is he going to be a guy that you know puts up some good explosive numbers? You know, good vertical. Um, I want to see a decent forty time out of him. Um, so, you know, the speed and agility game is going to be huge for me when when it comes to the combine uh, for Alberto. Next week, we're not that far away. Um, can't wait, man. I'm, I seriously have a countdown going on my phone. I can't wait. It's like Christmas. I know. Zach, real quick, with, with someone like that where you're looking to see something specific, let's say he goes to the combine and he doesn't do the agility drills, um, how do you fa- how do you then factor that into your evaluation? You know what I mean? Like if you just get no added information from that at all. Yeah, so like I said, he, he he's – off balance when he's engaged with with defenders, you know he plays too far over his toes and he's he's an upright player. Um, I want I want you to like so I have questions about his, his overall agility. Is he going to be able to create, create space in his, in his routes? Is he is he going to be able to really you know snap off a comeback route or drop into his own and and let his defender run by him? You know I don't know if I see that consistently enough in his film. Um, I see a, a thick frame guy who loves to play off of contact and, and fight for contested catches. I want you, if you're going to be at that flexed out tight end that I see that, you know, is going to be able to, you know, fight off catches like that. I want to, I want you to be able to drop on a dime and, and catch a ball in, in, in the holding zone. So I, I don't see that consistently from, an, from him in his game right now. So if I see that at the combine, you've answered that question. You're probably going to get a little bit more of a bump for me. But like I said, I've taken a lot of weight off the combine where um, it's not going to, make you jump like significantly like if he blows up the combine he's not going to be my tight end one but you might see him jump up a spot or two it does make me run back to the tape too like if 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 for whatever reason like like i don't know let's let's go with uh you know a guy like uh colby parkinson from stanford like if he i want to like there's there's some questions i have on him i'd have to dig him out for you but if, if he can find a way like show a little bit more of like a an explosive game to him you know like a like like if i see him broad jump and it's unbelievable and it's off the charts like if he runs a fast 40 time you know i'm gonna have to go back and look at his game like okay this dude's not just like a jump ball type of type of player he's not like a jj or sega Whiteside last year you know where he was like a a, a typical your typical jump ball type of guy like he's not that slower jj or sega Whiteside. uh so i, I there's those questions that I need answered where I will go back to your film and be like, okay, what did I miss? Did I not watch the correct game of you? Did I watch a game where you just really struggled at, at, at doing that certain trait, you know, because you know, we're, we're all human. I'm going to make mistakes, you know, watching these guys, it's, it's not always perfect, but you know, I do what I, you know, I, I write down what I see and, and that's what I go by. So um, if I see some of these guys that, you know, excel a lot, yeah, I'm going to write, write these down and, and get back to the tape if I have to. I did see. I did see that they uh, had him at a four five forty. Albert four five, huh? I was gonna be happy with the four, uh, probably four, good four six. So if he runs a four five, I'll be thrilled. I don't know. He, he like I said, I'm, I, he's one of the guys that I'm uh, really excited to uh, see how he does at the combine and see. Uh, so um, I guess, and then the last one uh, that we could talk about would be is Adam Tr- Trotman um, from Dayton. Anyways. 
uh, him. So with him, when you look at his numbers, I guess, I mean, you look at 70 receptions, 916 yards, and 14 touchdowns, but he played at Dayton. So how much of that do you factor in to, you know, to a, a prospect where we, you know, know, especially, you know, even like uh, Harrison Bryant, who played at FAU, who they're not going up against the elite talent or they're not playing in the SEC or, you know, some of these other conferences. Um, do, you, do you take that into consideration at all or, or do you just purely watch, you know, their, 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 what you see on tape? Yeah, a little bit of both. I mean, I go off of exactly what I see, but I also do, you know, put in, you know, I factor in like, I mean, it literally what I have in his scouting report for one of his weaknesses is, you know, plain and simply put, he's just not ready to take on a full-time role right now. Um, there's a lot to learn, but he's got an extremely high ceiling. Uh, like, I, I focus a lot on blocking for tight ends, man. If you can block, you're going to be on the field for three downs. Like, it's just it's as simple as that. Um, I think he lacks good hand placement when it comes to blocking. Overall technique is poor. Um, slow punch off the line, uh, right off the snap. Uh, footwork is kind of all over the place. And when he's engaged with the defender, he's, he's kind of choppy. Doesn't really, you know, get the get the leg drive that you like to see. Um, gets thrown around with a with a power inside rip. Um, he's a strong player, but just not in the blocking game. So he's more of that, you know, when I talked about with Albert O, more of that flex style type of tight end that, that you want to see running routes, you know, making tough catches. He can play in line, he can play flex. Um, he, he catches the ball extremely well. I think he's one of those guys. That he 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 does have the basketball background. That's a guy who he who I really like that is going to be able to play above the rim, out jump defenders. Um, you know, uses strong hands to you know torque and rip when he gets that ball at the high point. So someone I really like, but someone that has a lot to work on as well. I think he's going to probably be one of those guys that you see like George Kittle. He didn't, he didn't come in right away and, and put up, you know, gaudy numbers. I, I think he could sit behind a top tier guy and, and, and really become, you know, I don't want to say George Kittle because best tight end in the league right now, probably by some people, but I mean, there's, like I said, there's a high ceiling to him. So why not? Right. I mean, there's, there's potential to be a really good linebacker in this league. One more guy, Zach. Uh, just give us your quick thoughts. He's someone else that um, when I was looking through some some dynasty rookie rankings that I that I saw fairly high. Um, Bryson Hopkins. Any any thoughts on him? How's he graded out for you so far? What's your uh, what's your evaluation? Oh man, um, he is my tight end four or five, I believe five. Um, but he was my tight end one coming in the year. I was excited about this dude. He's just flawless in his routes, man. I love what I see. Uh, when he's moving in and out of his cuts, you know, right when he gets that vertical stem and just coming back, I like what I see. He just gets a good snap, or he, he snaps and drops right in the right in the hole in the zone. Um, he's he's uh, another former basketball player, I believe, or baseball player, one of the two. So he, he's got some athleticism to him. He's crisp. He's fluid, um, like what he does in the open field. You know, he'll he'll gain those extra yards. Um, <laughs> I love you know just a lot of things that I like from him. Uh, but he's another guy that does he does not like. Uh, he does not like uh, uh, physicality. You know, he's not, not going to be a guy that you know when you, when you get a get a jam on him in the line of scrimmage. Another guy that just doesn't doesn't really like that. He'll he'll get his timing thrown off. Uh, his whole route will just get thrown off. To be honest with you, like it's almost like he doesn't know what route he's running anymore. If he gets some physicality on, um, so that also needs help with the blocking game for sure. Um, suffers as an inline tight end right now, uh, but there's definitely potential to improve. And, and I think he's a he's another very high upside type of tight end. Where do you have Thaddeus Moss um, in this in, in this group? I know he had that uh, the big what was it sixty four yard touchdown in the national title game, or was that, was that yeah? Football? I can't remember now. I just watched too many games, man. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, where do you have him? And and uh, you know, is he somebody that you think is going to profile more as somebody who fifth you know fourth fifth round pick something in that range or even later or 
maybe team uh, falls in love with him because of his name. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to say you fall in love with him because of his name. Um, I have him as tight end three, but I have him as like an overall ranked like eighty three. So I, I like him in that third round range. Um, like I said, this tight end class is, is very average and deep, averagely deep, you could say. Um, but yeah, so he's my third ranked tight end. Um, I like him as like a, a, an early third round pick. Um, he's a blocker, man. He's a blocker, and, and he can. He could he he could war off defenders and make some nice catches too, but he's not a separator. He's not going to run away from you, and he can make some nice catches too. I mean, I don't know if you said that catch. I want to say it was against South Carolina, where he just had this you know beautiful you know outstretched uh, catch and, and, and catches the ball on the sideline. And it's he's got some good hands. He's just not going to be a guy that's going to run away from you and, and create a lot of separation. Imagine the pressure of being Randy Moss's son. God, I can't I can't imagine. Can't imagine. At least like, he's going to have a chance because most of these guys who are attached to like like ridiculous, you know, like Hall of Fame level talent, they never make it, right? Usually, you don't see it very often. So at least he has a shot to actually play in the NFL. Yeah, I think he's got a good path. I mean, he's a solid tight end all around. You have any uh, any sleepers you want to touch on, or we basically get to a bunch of these guys that you have in that in that same group? Yeah, we hit on most of them. I mean, one guy I kind of want to throw out there, I won't talk too much on him, but uh, Arkansas tight end, C.J. O'Grady, Cheyenne O'Grady. Really, really solid all-around tight end. So many off-the-field issues. Like, I think the dude was suspended like three times, kicked off the team at one point. Um, so just a lot of off-the-field issues you got to worry about. But just a really solid overall tight end. You just got to worry about the off-the-field stuff with him. Had him in a uh, in a college fantasy league. And he had he had some some pretty nice games for him, but then there were also games where I would go to pull up my my lineups, and it would just be have the uh, the red O next to his name. It's like, well, yeah, <laughs> I'm not it's playing him this week. Spent a lot of time uh, watching from the press box. All right, well, I think uh, that's enough fun with the tight end position. So before we go, let's uh, since this is the last one of the group. Who are your top five running backs and who are your top five wide receivers right now heading into the combine? Oh, all right. Let's do it. Uh, DeAndre Swift is my one. Dobbins, two. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, three. No, 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 no. Clyde Edwards, Taylor, three. And then Jonathan Taylor, four. Cam Akers, five. Uh, And then my wide receivers are Jerry Judy, one. C.D. Lamb, two. Justin Jefferson, three. And uh, hold on to your britches, everyone. Brian Edwards, four. Yes. Jalen Rager five. What? Why the disrespect to Jalen Rager? You know, I wasn't playing. Let's not focus on that. Let's <laughs> let's talk. I need you to say Brian Edwards one more time, and then we're just going to end this pod. Brian Edwards. Mm. There it is. Porn up season, boys. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I love Jalen Rager for the for the record. Uh, I think that, I think he has yeah. potential to be the best wide receiver in the class. So. I, I don't disagree with you, but man, I'll tell you who Justin Jefferson and Brian Edwards. I just could not keep them out of my three and four. There, they're just oh, so I love I, I love Brian Edwards now. Like I, I, actually, I, right. I said I think that I feel like he could be the next Chris Godwin. I think that, uh, and I love Chris Godwin. Like me and Chris Godwin, hey, analytics, analytics guys got a uh, got Brian Edwards as Michael Thomas. So ears per couple of it there. <laughs> no, I love Brian Edwards. Like it was no knocking as that. It's just Jalen Rager. Like I would like me personally. I think, like, if I like, it would probably be Ceedee Lamb and then Jalen Rager and then and then Jerry Judy for me. So, yeah, that, yeah. That, I mean, that's I'd that's, say that's a good uh, good one, two, three, four, five there. So, but anyways, I just thought I'd be asked. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see how the, everything tests out. But uh, I just love some Jalen Rager. And then, are, are you high on Tyler Johnson too? 
You know, uh, I mean, being a Minnesota guy, I mean, I've, you know, a lot of people tell the reason why he's dipping down so far is because, you know, attitude issues and whatnot. I tell you what, I did a lot of research. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people that are close to the team and work close with him. Uh, I'll tell you, I, I've not found a single attitude issue with him. You know, he's worked with Adam Thielen. He's, he's worked with, you know, Antoine Whitfield. They, they've all worked well to, to really all better each other. So I'm not really worried about the attitude issues. So once you start hearing about them, I, I'd start to ignore them a little bit, you know, unless I, unless I miss something, you know, I'm not perfect, so I'm going to miss something. But I got him at 13. Um, there's It's just such a deep class. I think uh, right now if you're, if you're talking about, like, you know, rookie rankings and whatnot overall, I want to say I have Tyler Johnson at the end of the second. Uh, I think about 23 right now. Yeah, 23. So I, I, I definitely like him, but there's some of the guys I just like a little bit more than him. The, the thing with Tyler Johnson that threw me for a loop was the fact that he didn't get the the Senior Bowl invite. Like that that kind of that kind of threw me off. But when when all the character issue stuff started coming out, like if you watched Flack at the maybe, I don't know if it was the last press conference of the year but like dude he was like getting emotional and choked up talking about him and i was just thinking to myself like dude you're not you're not going to get emotional like that talking about a guy if he was a if he was a dick you know what i mean exactly exactly <laughs> he's crying because he's so happy he's gone or something who knows damn it no, that's, that's not the case though <laughs> one last thing when we'll get you out of here on this i need your top five kicker rankings heading into this one all right can you give me that I mean, Tyler Bass, Rodrigo Blakenship. I mean, any of these guys oh, do yeah, something for you? No, 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 I got this for you. Hang on. Oh, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got nothing for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I really appreciate having you on today. It was uh, good times, good times, even though the disrespect, the just disrespect my boy Alberto. I guess we'll, uh, we'll come back. We'll, we'll, we'll circle around later, and we'll, we'll figure out how this, how this played out. But uh, really appreciate having you on. And uh, again, everybody needs to go check out his draft guide. Buy it now. I mean, that's an incredible price. What was it? Eight ninety nine if you buy it early. Uh, it the promo, promo code. code. Promo code. Yeah. Draft. Yeah. So if you head over to dynastydraftroom.com slash NFL draft guide, uh, purchase that right now. Uh, you get ten percent off. Uh, sorry, yeah, ten percent off. Uh, use the promo code NFL draft. And uh, yeah, man, there's there's a lot of tools in there. I mean, I'll give you some player comps. You know, their their college production, what they did at the combine where I saw their strengths and weaknesses. I'll give you an NFL outlook where I think they're going to fit in at the next level. Their their size measurements, you know, so you got their hand size, their wingspan, their height, their weight, uh, all the red flags that are fine uh, based off all of, you know, the research I've done on, on the background. As much as I can do, you know, I don't I don't get the, the type of background checks that, that the NFL guys get, but I do what I can when I find these red flags and whatnot. I'll give you a round grade, my overall take grade. Um, and then where they rank at my big board and uh, their positional ranks as well. So uh, and age as well. If I can find their age, you know, player comps, all that, you know, I get that in there for you. So a lot of stuff that you can use uh, for fantasy football, or if you're you know an NFL draft nut like like me, you can kind of see where I rank on all these guys here. Probably gonna be just loaded with analytics too, just pouring with analytics. Right not. Right not. But uh, hey, maybe next year. I mean, the 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 main thing that I took away from that Zach was you. Uh, the first thing you mentioned was hand size. So yeah, I had to do it. <clears throat> all right well uh maybe maybe next year but uh, there's nothing wrong with that uh grinding some tape um anyways so once again yeah you can follow him on twitter at nfl underscore zach and uh check out all of his work uh does excellent job um you know grinding the tape as they as they say but um anyways until until next week when we're back again with another with another episode uh get, once again hit that subscribe hit that like hit that thumbs up on, on on the old youtube channel really helps us out i really appreciate it and also as well we have a slack channel if you want to reach out to us uh start talking some dynasty uh we can all uh 
you know, start uh, having a little old, good old circle jerk uh, as the combine's going on next week, and we can talk about forty times. It'll be a good time. It'll be a, it'll be a blasty blast, as they say. So, uh, it, it, <laughs> do, do they say that? <laughs> I don't know who, who says it. Who who says that? I don't know. Somebody probably out there. But anyways, you know, again, once again, hit me up on Twitter at FantasyRat13, slide in the DMs, or at at C Kutzer FF. We'll get you in there and uh we can we can have a blasty blast and uh be a banana sandwich. Um <laughs> I'm done. All right. Until next week, uh you know, uh take it easy and we will see you again next week. Uh thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. Travel to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours activities excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.